Hi, I'm Pastor Kenneth Olusanya of the Vivify Ministries, and it is my joy that your heart is awakened to the finished works of Christ with such powerful simplicity. Are you ready? All right, here we go. So we're, we're continuing in um, the series we started this year, um, Naturally Supernatural. Naturally Supernatural, and it's been exciting so far, hasn't it? Right, it has been for me too, and I, I want to um, encourage you to continue for the rest of the month. You know, this is the best way you can start your year. If you want to see a year full of the supernatural, uh, you have to start your year this way, understanding what it takes to bring about the supernatural consistently in your life. So today we're going to study the Bible uh, a bit. I'm going to do my best to be as quick as possible. But more importantly, we're going to pray like we're actually going to pray. I can't teach, I can't see myself teaching a sermon on prayer and we, we end up not praying properly. We're going to do that and it's, past, it's part of the, the fasting program, the prayer and fasting program that we've been having uh, so far. It's a week now and we have one more week to go. All right? I hope you've been blessed by it so far. Amazing, amazing people who have led us in prayer and have stared us up. Things are changing. In fact, I'm hearing a lot of testimonies uh, from the Prostin program. And I want you to keep them coming. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Are you ready for service? All right. Grab your Bibles. Grab your notepads. Let's get right into it. Um, starting at our anchor text, Ephesians chapter 3, the 20th verse. Very, very special scripture to me. And by now, if you followed us for so long, you would definitely know that uh, this is where we're starting. It's such a good place to start. Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 20. Oh, glory to Jesus. And while we're, we're having this study, I want, you to, I want you to be receptive. Set your expectations high. Be ready to receive. Something is going to spark within you and just set your altar burning. Set, set it ablaze. That's what's going to happen. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 3 from verse 20. Oh, I love this. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. That's one of my favorite phrases in all of scripture. Exceedingly abundantly above. All that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. And you know, we've talked about it so much, but... We have to look at this again. It tells us, you know, now unto God who is able. He's able. You need to always remember that when it comes to your God, the God that you serve, He is able. He is able. He is able. God is able. Hallelujah. That's your God. He's never been confronted with the situation. That he was unable to handle, unable to provide a solution, unable to meet a need, unable to turn things according to his will. Never. Never. <laughs> I saw a post recently um, about the whole NIN registration and they said that the organization, I think NIMC, was going on strike. And <laughs> someone posted, I've not seen, uh, what God cannot do doesn't exist. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm talking about. There is nothing 
that God is unable to do. So he says, God is now unto God who is able to do, to perform exceedingly. And I, I, I said it, if you have a threshold of things you expect to happen, maybe this is what you want to happen. Lord, all I want is just to enter into the university. All I want to do is just do my master's. All I want to do is get married to the right person. Guess what? You have the threshold, just something simple in your mind. But what God is saying is, look, I can exceed your expectation. That's what exceedingly means. I can pass it. I can go beyond the mark you've set for yourself in prayer. I can do more. And the thing is that when God exceeds that mark, what does he do? He does it in abundance. Oh, thank you, Jesus. He doesn't just do it. Oh, boom. Okay, you said you wanted one million. Oh, yeah, take. Boom. He will do it in such a way that it's abundant. It is sustainable. That's the God we serve. He doesn't do things in bits and pieces. He does it in abundance. Glory to Jesus. Abundantly above. It's, it's such an exaggeration. But at the same time, it, it's such, it, it brings to light the extent, the extent of God's ability. If you can think of the biggest thing God can ever do, guess what? He can, ex- he can exceed it. That's the whole point of this. Your mind, as far as your mind can think and say, look, this is the biggest thing God can ever do. God is looking at you and saying, no, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or even think. Oh, that, that warms my heart. That warms my heart. It's such a powerful scripture. But the best part, oh, the best part is that the power with which God is going to perform exceedingly abundantly above resides in you. It says, it is according to the power that works in you. Don't you see? That's you. This power works mightily in you. Glory to Jesus. So you see, um, Jesus was about to ascend. He had died on the cross, was buried, was risen from the dead for our justification and for our glory. Hallelujah. But you see, he spent some time with his disciples and now it was time to go. And he was talking to them. He said, you know what? Um, I told you about the comforter. Remember, guys, I told you guys that I can't tell you so much. I can't explain. I mean, this 40 days I've spent with you on the earth after my resurrection. I've taught you some things, explained some things. But there is another comforter who is going to come and, and, and lead you into all truth. You remember, you remember him, right? So, you know, you know what? You will receive power. After he comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria and to the utmost parts of the world. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. He reminded them of the promise. He, he said the spirit will come and when he does come you know, upon you and in you, you're going to receive power. So question, where is that power that was promised? Is it in you? Oh, I can't hear you. <laughs> I really can't. I really can't hear you. But but I hope you're saying the answer. Is it in you? Of course it's in you. You know, the days of saying, let the power of the Lord come down. Let the power of the Lord, oh Lord, come down and manifest your... Those days, now those songs may be cute, they may be emotional, but guess what? They're inaccurate. 
They are unscriptural for the New Testament believer. You have that power residing in you. It's either it's true or Jesus was lying. Did you hear what I said? It's either Jesus was saying the truth or he was lying when he said that the fullness of his power now resides within you. Oh, that is huge. That is big. And you know, many times people try to discern this power with, with their senses, with their feelings. Mm, I don't really feel so powerful today. They wake up in the morning. Oh, my Lord, what a day. Ah, That was a deep sleep. I feel so tired. And someone tells you, do you know you have the power? Like, ah, leave that one, leave that one. Power care. I'm tired like this. You can't discern power by just your feelings. Power, the power of God is not just by electric shocks all over your body and goosebumps. That's not how it works. The power is there and it's only accessible by faith. By faith. It's a spiritual thing. It's not about your senses. So Jesus said, you will receive power after the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Newsflash, you have power and it is mighty working power. The kind that can do exceeding abundantly above. Glory to Jesus. Are you excited? Because the truth is a lot of believers ask questions about this power of God. They ask questions like, I don't feel the power. Do I really carry the power? They look at themselves in the mirror and they see their stature and they're like, this doesn't look like a powerful person. No, this is not a powerful person. No, I don't have the muscles like Dio and, 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 and the packs. I don't have them like Dio. I, I can't possibly, I can't possibly, you know, I, I can't be powerful. I don't have, I don't have the six packs like Pastor Kenneth. I don't. So I can't be so powerful. If you laugh, if you laugh at the last statement, oh, I will do exceedingly abundantly. <laughs> Above all punishments you can think. Praise the Lord. Um, that's a joke. But you see, you can't discern how powerful you are just by looking at you. And that's why a lot of people missed out on the power of God residing inside of Jesus Christ during his earthly ministry. The places Jesus went. There was even a time in the book of Matthew where he called out some, some cities that, that didn't receive his works. And most importantly, his hometown, Nazareth. He went to Nazareth where he he was born, where he was, you know, not where he was born, but where he's from, where his parents are from, right? He was born in Bethlehem, but his parents come from Nazareth. And so, Jesus went there and they saw this man. They saw him. They said, ah, you know, Omo Joseph, carpenter. Welcome, Cabo, you know. And they just saw him like, ah, just that guy that used to, the guy that made my table at home. Oh, but they missed the point. Ah, the guy, that, that, that carpenter that made the door of my house. But they don't realize that he was the door. Ah, glory to God. They didn't see it. They didn't see it. They didn't see that this was God in flesh right in front of them. And the Bible says he could do no mighty works amongst them. Not that he would not. He couldn't. He couldn't do any mighty work amongst them. So 
that's how power is. The power of God is not just by looks. It's within. And it's only available. It's only a reality when you believe it is. Praise the name of Jesus. Your faith is important. But you see, even more so, people ask the questions. Yes, I have this power. It's inside of me. Yes, I heard you quite alright, Pastor Ken. But what, well, why is it that when I pray for people, I don't see anything happen? When I pray about my own life, I don't see anything happen. Is it that I'm not praying the right prayers? Help me. What is going on? What is happening? Is it that God doesn't just hear me or doesn't want to do it? I mean, you even told us that we can walk in the supernatural and I was excited. I was pumped. I said, you know what? Next, The next sick person I see, I'm going to lay my hands on them and, and heal them. I really believed it and I did. I laid hands on them. But nothing. Absolutely nothing. I didn't feel anything. Nothing happened. So, so Pastor Ken, no, tell me what is going on. People have questions. But the Bible has those answers. Praise the name of Jesus. People wonder. I mean, you might have even been in that situation. You listening to me that you might like why is it I don't see much of the supernatural? I hear of mighty testimonies and miracles and 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 examples and stories and it's 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 good to hear them, but I'm not seeing these things happening with me in my own life. What can I do? What can I do to make it better? I'll tell you. You see, I always say something. And just by the way, the title of this teaching is prayerful. Last week we talked about faithful and that's full with an F-O-O-L, right? Because sometimes because of your faith you'll be deemed as foolish. Um, but this, this, today, this week, this Today's service, we're talking about prayerful with an F-O-O-L as well. Because sometimes it, it doesn't just make rational sense to take things in, to God in prayer. Like just fix it, just handle this. But if you want to see the supernatural happen so consistently in your life, you have to be prayerful. And so that's the title of this teaching. And so you see, when it comes to Walking in the Spirit. Let me start there. And walking in power. There are three things. I'm just going to brush by them quickly. There are three steps to take in being able to walk in the power of God. Manifest the power of God. You know, in to meet needs. To, to change situations. And they're, they're very simple. The first one is acknowledge. Acknowledge. Just like we've talked about from Acts chapter 1 from verse 8 that you receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You know, you acknowledge that fact. In 1 Corinthians 6 verse 19, Paul reminds the people in Corinth and tells them, Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? It means the Holy Spirit is inside of you. He's there. And so that means that there is power as Jesus promised. So you need to walk with that acknowledgement, with that consciousness. Oh, I carry power. I'm a moving house of, of power. I carry the Spirit of God and so I carry power. 
Power flows all through my body. Power flows within. And I can bring it without. Oh, glory to Jesus. And you just walk. Make those confessions. I'm full of the power of God. I can dispense this power and change things and bless lives. You know, you just have that sense, that consciousness. Jesus had that consciousness. He was touched by the woman with, with, with an infirmity for 12 years. And she was healed, but he knew someone touched him. He was in a crowd and people were holding him and touching him and rough handling. But he felt that virtue left him because he was conscious. So be conscious of it. If I hold someone's hand with a handshake, power flows. If I give someone a hug, power can flow. And I think people hear the word power and they start to think of something. (laughs) Maybe when you hear power, the first thing that comes to your mind is being slain in the spirit maybe you fall down ah the power of god is too much don't always think of that it's not a fearful thing i promise you the power of god is beautiful it is good it helps it repairs it mends it changes for the better it improves the power of god will never pass over something and leave it the same way leave it worse than it found it no it always makes it better So the power of God is a beautiful thing, but you have to be conscious that you carry power. You're not waiting for God to come down and do it. He has sent you and he has given you the power to do it. Glory to God. That's the the testimony of the New Testament. That is the testimony. You carry power by the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. So that's step one. Acknowledge. Number two, prayer. Prayer. If you're going to see The supernatural happened consistently in your life. You must be given to prayer. Sufficient prayers. Consistent prayers. You need to give yourself to prayers. And we're going to talk about that much more. Don't worry. That's why we're here. And maybe for the longest time you haven't really enjoyed prayer. You've just been like, ah, why do we have to pray? It's so stressful and boring. I mean, I'm praying and then by the time I'm praying, my mind is on Oh, I need to watch the next episode of Cobra Kai or Bridgerton or whatever show you you think of. Your mind is though, I need to go eat right now. Your mind drifts to a day and your mind drifts to busy and you're, you know, looking at, thinking of Chinedu in your prayer. You know these things, you know, I'm, I'm getting into your business, I know. And your mind drifts and you don't remember what you are praying for again and like, ah, this is not productive. Why do we even pray at all? If and even if I pray, nothing happens. So what's the whole point? Then this is for you. But you see, it's inescapable. If you're going to see God's power manifest, you need to pray. You need to pray. Let me give you a scenario that I love so much. You know, power is like a kettle. It's like water in a kettle. Let's say you are the kettle. Right, and there's water inside. For the power to get access on the outside, you would need to light it up on fire so that it turns into steam and the steam comes out. The fire you light underneath is the prayer. Prayer stirs up the power within so that it starts to flow without. Does that make sense? That's just an illustration to help explain this concept. Because God wants that you are dependent on Him. He wants that you trust Him, even in the dispensation of His power. And that's what prayer does. Prayer shows, I trust you, Lord. It's your power that you gave to me. And I I want to walk in it. Prayer does that. 
So that's the second step in walking in power. The, the third step is stepping out in faith. And we talked about that expressly last week. To step out in faith. To, 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 to defy the odds and say, you know what? I'd rather be, I'd rather be looked at you know, and, and be mocked than be disobedient. I'd rather make a mistake than be disobedient. I'd rather lago, and for those of you who don't know what that word means, it means miss the mark. I'd rather lago than, you know, I'd rather lago than be disobedient to the Lord. Many of you have quenched the spirit in your life without even knowing. Those times that Lord told you to speak to someone, to go somewhere, to reach out somewhere, to give something, and you said, ah, I don't think so, mm, I don't feel like, you've been quenching the spirit without even knowing. And the thing is, when you quench the spirit, you're showing that you're unavailable. And when God walks and works with people, he works based on availability. Are you available for my use? So the more you quench the spirit, you're saying, nope, not available. Mm, try again later. Sorry, God. We'll go to the next person. That's the implication. But you need to learn to step out in faith. That's the last step. Because you might have acknowledged you have the power. You might have prayed and stirred up that power within. But in execution of that power, mm, that's the last point. That's where the wisdom is. You know, applying the knowledge, applying the things you've done, you've learned. He thinks you've understood. So those are the steps in walking in power. And so we're going to talk about prayer, right? We're going to talk about prayer expressly. You know, prayer really is that ingredient that usually is missing from this equation. If you've asked that question, why is it that I'm not seeing the supernatural happen so often? That just might be it. That might just be the missing the missing link in all of this prayer, or rather a lack of it. A lack of a prayer culture. You can't be an effective Christian if you don't pray. You can't be a guided and directed Christian if you don't pray. That's just how God has made it to be. With the believer, you don't have a sin problem. You don't have a power problem. But many times you might just have a prayer problem. Right? You might just have... Um, a prayer problem really right and if you pray a lot of things can change for you so what i'm going to do is i'm going to um just list out uh should i say why we pray right let me call them excuse me um why we pray or what prayer does right what prayer does uh, let me let me call it why we pray. Like why do we pray, right? Why do we pray? Number one. Now I'll do this as quickly as I can. Number one, it shows dependence and trust. Prayer shows dependence and trust in God. Prayer shows dependence and trust in God. And I always love to use this example. You know, when you are praying to God, it really does show that you trust Him. You know, uh, the book of Matthew chapter 6, Jesus explained when He was talking about how God cares for us, you know, even more than the birds of the air or the grass of the field. He was saying that, look, God cares. In fact, before you ask of anything, He knows what you need before you even ask. He laid that, He explained that. God knows what you need before you even ask. 
So many of you might ask, if God already knows what I need before I ask, why do I even need to ask him for anything? What's the point? He already knows. Let him just settle it. But you see, the way God works is that he wants his people dependent on him. That they go back to him as a source. That they don't try to do things their own way, by their own ability. And just be distant from him and, and, and independent from him. He doesn't want that. He wants people dependent, trusting in him. So imagine you, you have a child, for example. And there's a, there's a candy jar on top of a cabinet. And, and your child is jumping up, trying to reach it. Uh, uh, jumping, trying to, to grab the candy jar. And you're looking at your child. Do you know what your child wants? You do. You're not blind. You can see that your child is reaching for the candy jar. But the only time you would, the, the child will get that candy jar is if the child can stop and look back at you and say, Daddy or Mommy, please can you help me with the candy jar? I just want to get one or something like that. And then you go up and say, you should have asked right from the beginning. And then you grab the candy jar and give to your child. That's the idea. You, God knows you have need of these things, but he wants you to show trust in him. He wants you to show dependence in him. He loves it. He's crazy about it. He's not doing it for some ego, but he is the one that really has all things. And he's saying, look, if only you ask me, it's yours. So that's why we pray, to show our dependence and trust in God. Number two, prayer stirs up power. Prayer stirs up power. And I, I just talked about that now. It really does. I'm going to give you scriptural examples of how that is. You know, we have a very common example from the book of James chapter 5 from verse 16. It tells us that the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. It makes, you know, it makes things work it, it produces tremendous results as the nlt says so it does stir up power it makes power available prayer makes power available you need to realize that in that in that verse it was talking about you you are that righteous man you are that righteous man and you might be feminine but you are that righteous man it's you because in christ Christ has made us his righteousness. He's given us his position. He's, he's allowed us to stand in his stead as ambassadors. So you are righteous. Say, I am righteous. I want you to say right now, I am a righteous man. I am a righteous man. And my prayers are effective. Come on, say it like you mean it. I am a righteous man. And my prayers are effective. Glory to Jesus. So prayer does stir up power. That's number two. That's number two. What's number one? It shows dependence and trust in God. We pray because it stirs up power. Number three, prayer changes situations. Prayer changes situations. Oh, when people gather to pray even, oh my Lord, it changes situations. A, a very typical example at the top of my head from the scriptures. It's a time where Peter was imprisoned. He was arrested. He was imprisoned. Right? And he was being persecuted. And the church gathered together. And they prayed and prayed. The intention was they were going to pray till he was released. And guess what? He was an angel of the Lord rescued him. 
And we're going to talk about that. There's, there's a place for angelic intervention, even in the place of prayer. And so the angel released him. He came to the house and, and, and one of them tried to open the door and like, oh no, Peter's, Peter's angel, Peter's spirit is here. You know, and they were not sure if it was Peter, but he was the one live and direct. Um, I mean, it was so supernatural. They were still praying, like Peter met them praying. Oh, that is powerful. That is powerful. So it changes situations. What would have happened if they didn't pray? That's the question. But let's not wait to find out, right? You don't wait to find out what happens if I don't pray about something. Pray about it. Expect to see a change and you will see a change in that situation. Hallelujah. And number four, prayer gives the confidence to step out in faith. You know that three-step process we talked about walking in power where you acknowledge and you pray and you step out to faith. Guess what? To get to the next step, you actually need to pray because it gives you that confidence you need to step out. And we're going to talk about um, that expressly. Uh, as we go ahead but that's what prayer does hallelujah that's what prayer does and um i'm going to talk about um the different outcomes of prayer that's where i'm going to go to next before i start to give some examples of of of, um what prayer should look like right um the outcomes outcomes when you pray so when you pray there, you know, a lot of people, and, and this is, let me give a very typical example. A lot of people pray, maybe they have someone in particular in mind. Maybe they've been maltreated by someone or they know that. And, and maybe this is with your parents. Maybe you, you feel abused emotionally or physically by your parents or one of your parents. And you wanted to stop, you wanted to change and you start to pray to God, but you're not seeing changes. You start to pray to God. You don't see changes. What is going on here? What is happening? Why is God not doing anything? Why? In fact, it's funny sometimes that when you pray, it seems like it's even getting worse. Can you relate? And so, the question is, wasn't prayer meant to change this person completely? Make them a new person? But you see, if prayer was designed always to just change a person's desires, then we could easily just pray that the people we love, love us back, even if they don't want to. Almost like making it happen against their will. But prayer is not designed to manipulate a person's heart or just change their desires. That's not exactly what always happens. There are exceptions where that might be the case. But I want, I'm, I'm teaching you this so that you know what to expect when you pray. In fact, some of you have had your prayers answered, but you just don't know it. Because you didn't expect them to be answered in that way. Did you get what I just said? Some of you have prayed and you've actually gotten answers to your prayers. But you didn't realize that those were the answers because you were not expecting the answer to come in that way. Very simple. That's just, that's miscommunication. Or you expect something to come a particular way, but it comes a different way and you don't realize it has already arrived. So I want to open you to di- different outcomes of prayer, the different kinds of answers that you can get to prayer. This is not just me saying, oh, you can get a yes, you can get a no, or you can get a 
maybe from God. No, that's not exactly. I'll, I'll just break them down into four, right? The first is when you pray, the answer to your prayer can be grace and peace. That's number one. You can receive grace and peace when you pray. You can receive grace and peace when you pray. Paul the Apostle in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. He was being afflicted by a thorn in his flesh. A messenger of Satan as he said sent to to torment him. And when you read further to, to verse 10 of that chapter. And you corroborated with the Old Testament where that word thorn in the flesh was used. You realize it was talking about a type of persecution, tribulation that was happening against him for his preaching, for his faith. Right? That was the thorn in his flesh. Many people have said, oh, it was an, it was an eye disease or he you know, walked in a rose bush. So a lot of thorns pricked him. I mean, I hope that's a joke. <laughs> But the thorns in his flesh were actual people who were persecuted. And he, he went to the Lord. The Bible said he, he cried out to God three times to take away the thorn from his flesh. He prayed three times. He went again, went again, went again. And Jesus responded. It's the Lord spoke to him. The response was, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made manifest in your weakness. Look at that. Look at that, Paul had an expectation that the thorn would be taken away, but what God gave him in reply to his request was, no, I'm going to give you the grace. You will endure it, you will bear it, you will be fine, you will come out stronger. Ah, and that's why many people have missed it. They don't realize that the people they've been trying to pray for to change, God is giving you the grace to tolerate them. He's giving you the grace to be more patient with them. Oh, you don't realize it. You think God will just take them up and say, no, I'm going to change you. Let me, give me your heart. Vroom, 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 move it. Especially when you're praying for unbelievers. It doesn't happen. What happens is when they get saved, God works on their heart. God changes their desires at salvation. But you can't just expect God to take an unbeliever who doesn't care, who has a hardened heart like those people in, in, in Israel who are rebellious and just start to change their desires against their will. No, God doesn't manipulate people against their will. He doesn't. And so while you are praying for those people, God, change this man. He's terrible. Change this woman. She's terrible. Change them. Change them. Guess what? Maybe you should be praying, Lord, give me the grace. Give me the grace to stand stronger. Give me the grace to endure this issue and give me peace of mind. Maybe that's what you should be praying. And God has given many of you grace, more patience. You just haven't realized it. So that's one outcome when you pray. Praise the Lord. And trust me, peace of mind. Peace of mind is something you can't buy with money. That you can sleep at night without anxiety and no stray wrong thought. Ah. That's a gift. That's a gift. You can't buy it. Glory to God. The second kind of outcome that you can have when you pray is acquiring wisdom. 
acquiring wisdom. What did I say? Acquiring wisdom. Fantastic. Acquiring wisdom. Now, maybe you, you are in a situation where you're like, God, I need this to change. Maybe I'll give you a typical example. I'll give you a typical example. Right? Maybe I'll use the same parent issue. Um, maybe, I don't know why I'm hitting so much on this. Maybe there's just something you're not so happy about with your parents. They, they, they are too overprotective. Maybe that's it. And they're just, they just don't understand. They're always, always on your case every time you try to do the right thing, but they're always just disappointed or complain, you know, or just aren't pleased. And you're praying, Lord, do something about this. Lord, please hear my cry. Change something about this. Change this situation. You're praying. And you actually are sincere in your prayers. Sometimes the answer and the response to your prayer, maybe it might not even be the grace and the peace. That's part of it. But sometimes God gives you wisdom to handle the situation. Somehow you just know what to do. You know, James 1, you know, talks about it in verse 5. He said, let, if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God and God will give him freely. Because God does not upbraid wisdom. He gives it liberally. He gives it freely. And when you pray, he just endows you with such wisdom. And you just know what to do. You just know that, ah, I'm supposed to. Talk to my mom in this tone, at this time, in this place. You just know. Oh, I'm supposed to do this and do that. By the time I do this, it puts them in a good mood to make this request. You just know the wisdom. You have the wisdom of God after you pray. That's an outcome of prayer. That's a product of prayer. Wisdom. Wisdom. And and that's really what you need to navigate this life. Many situations and challenges will come. It might be something in, I don't know, it just might be, for some of you, maybe there's someone who is some way, you know, trying to harass you, trying to abuse you in one form or the other at your office, in your house, whatever. You don't know what to say. You can't say it. If you say it, you might lose your job. If you say it to to someone in your family, it, it might put you in trouble. But when you pray about it, God can give you the wisdom on the right approach. Oh, it's a real concept. Wisdom. Wisdom is a real concept. And, and James assures you, the Apostle James, he tells you, God gives it freely. Dash. He dashes it out so easily. Oh, yeah, take and give it away. <laughs> That's God. He does that. He, he never runs out of giving wisdom. No. He gives it freely. That's the second one. Number three, you can get instructions. You can get instructions, specific instructions when you pray. It's a product of prayer. It's an outcome. For example, maybe you've been praying, and this has happened. This is a personal experience. There was someone that was praying for. And we were praying, Lord, heal this boy. The guy was so weak. His body was so frail and his fever, he, his fever was you know, through the roof. And we prayed, we prayed, what do we not do? Oh Lord, <laughs> we call upon you. We said everything, we prayed. And the Lord told me specifically, this guy needs to rest and needs to drink a lot of water. I was like, huh? 
That doesn't sound right. Mm-mm. <laughs> he said he needs to sleep. He hasn't slept. I think he's a programmer. And so he, he did, had a couple of work, jobs he was doing overnight. He was always working. Hadn't slept like for up to three hours in three days. And this guy broke down. And so the Lord said, take him to get a lot of water and he needs to sleep. By the time he wakes up, he'll be fine. And I told the people praying with me there, you know, and they were like, ah, okay. But let's still pray some more. I said, okay, just pray to fulfill our righteousness. I already know what to do. And that's exactly what we did. We got him some water, told him to go to his, his room, go and sleep. Sleep. We made sure that he actually did sleep. By the time he woke up, he was fine. So many times God actually does give instructions. Sometimes you want something to change so badly. God can tell you, hmm. I'm going about it the wrong way. Do this and do that. Some of you are praying, Lord, in my finances, a breakthrough, Lord. Increase, Lord. Increase, Lord, on every side. And the Lord is saying, go and get a job. You've not applied. And he gives you instructions. Go and apply to this company. Go and apply to that place. What are you waiting for job to come after you? Although in the supernatural, that can happen. It can. Supernatural favor can bring jobs to you. I heard of a testimony yesterday. Jobs can come for you without even you going for them. But you see, it's not always the same case. You can't use one example of someone and use it as your standard. No, it's dynamic in the things of the Spirit. It's dynamic. And so God can give you instructions on what to do in a particular situation. That's an outcome of prayer. And number four, glory to Jesus. You know, and I'm just talking about what I mentioned in number, in verse, in number three, pardon me. In Acts chapter 13, these guys were praying, ministering to the Lord. They were asking, Lord, what is the next step? What do we need to do? You know, the, the apostles, Paul was there you know, and some other people praying. What's the next step? We've, 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 we've preached to the Jews. What's the next step? We've, we've, we've spread this message. And the Holy Spirit gives instructions. Set apart Paul and Barnabas for the work I have called them to the Gentiles. And that's the instruction. That's what they needed. They might not have known it was an instruction they needed, but you see, that's what they got. So you can get instructions in the place of prayer. Number four, God, um, when, when you pray to God, you can have an intervention, a supernatural intervention. So there are unique cases where God sends an angel and opens the prison door. Where God shakes the foundation, you know, Paul and Silas, they prayed, they sang, and what? The power of the Lord shook the gates. It flung open. Those are divine interventions, supernatural interventions. God does that when you pray. So even possibly, like imagine this. Paul was on the road to Damascus going. And what happened? A bright light, the Lord himself appeared to Paul. That's a divine intervention. And so maybe you've been praying for that family member. You've been praying, oh Lord, I want this person to be well. I want, you know, I want this person to be saved, pardon me. I want this person to come to know you, Lord. There might be, it could be any of these things, right? God could tell you, can give you wisdom on how to approach the matter. He could give you instructions on what to do, when to do it. But you see, God can also appear in a dream. I've heard of stories of remote villages where dream, people in a, in a village that never heard the gospel had dreams, encounters with the risen Christ. They knew about him. He appeared. Divine intervention does happen. It happens. It's real. It's real. 
praise the name of Jesus. So those are the outcomes of prayer, the products of prayer. So be sensitive to this is what I'm trying to say. Because sometimes when you pray, you feel like your prayer has not been answered. Whereas it has been, you just weren't expecting it answered that way. Praise the name of Jesus. I hope that's clear. So I'm going to round off with this. I want to talk to you about the characteristics of good prayer. The characteristics of good prayer. I hope these things you're learning, they're, 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 they're doing something in you. Oh, glory to God. Prayer does change things, guys. Prayer does change things. So I'm going to give um, not right now I'm going to give some examples of people to explain these characteristics of good prayer. And then we call it uh, a Bible study and we pray. All right. Uh, characteristics of good prayer. Number one. It must be effective. Or rather, it is effective. Pardon me. Good prayer is effective. Characteristics of good prayer. Good prayer is effective. And I'm going to read from James chapter 5 again. From verse 16 to 17. We're going to go to verse 17 this time. So, uh, from the second, the latter part of verse 16, it says... The earnest prayer of a righteous person, I'm reading from the NLT, has great power and produces wonderful results. Isn't that just lovely? And then it says, verse 17, Elijah. Now he gives us a real life example. James does. He says, Elijah was as human as we are. So he's trying to tell you, look. You guys have heard stories of Elijah. What a powerful man. The man who outran horses that even Barry Allen was like, ah, ah, or more times ten. The same Elijah that brought a dead man, a dead boy rather, from the dead. Elijah. You know? This same man is telling you, look, Elijah was human. He wasn't he was a man like you and me, human being. And yet, when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. And when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Oh, powerful. It tells you that a righteous, the prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available. And it then gives you an example of what Elijah did when he prayed and what happened. Oh, good prayer is effective. Hallelujah. And I tell you, your prayer is effective. It makes things happen. Glory to God. It makes things happen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. All right. Then I'm going to talk about the next point. Good prayer is passionate it's fervent it's passionate good prayer is passionate uh, i'm going to come back to elijah's story but i want to use this um i want to use this example um in acts chapter 4 from verse 29 to 31 acts chapter 4 from verse 39 from verse, pardon me, from verse 29 to verse 31. Alright, are you there? And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Backstory, 
the early church was being heavily persecuted. So persecuted that it was becoming difficult to preach the gospel anywhere. Many of their leaders had been arrested, beaten. And they had prayed, they are like, Lord, behold their threatenings. And grant unto your servants that with all boldness, that you know they may speak your word. By stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, now, I mean, the kind of prayer that you will pray, that will yield what you're going to see, it, it has to have been a passionate, fervent prayer. These guys were at the brink of death. They were being persecuted. They were being, you know, uh, they were being tortured, many of them. And the Bible says, when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all, all of them, filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. What they had asked for, they said, no, we need boldness. We're getting scared because of this persecution. By the time they prayed, the whole place was shaken, the Bible says. With such, their, their fervor was clearly seen in the way they prayed. They prayed, they prayed, the place was shaken. And the Bible says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. That's what good prayer looks like. It is passionate. It is fervent. Glory to God. You know, Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7 says something similar about Jesus. Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 17. From verse 7, pardon me. 5 verse 7. It says, in the days of his flesh. He offered up both, this is talking about Jesus, by the way. In the days of his flesh, he offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying and tears to the one able to save him from death. And he was heard because of his piety. Just look at that. Your Lord Jesus. Ha! He set the example. He offered up both prayers and supplications with loud crying. Was it silent crying? Was it mumblings under his breath? Loud crying and tears and tears to the one who was able to save him from death. Jesus set the standard for us for what fervent, passionate prayer looks like. When he was in the garden of Gethsemane, he prayed. He prayed with such passion. The description was he, he sweat so much, so profusely, as with droplets of blood. Some say it was a medical condition when you're under so much pressure, you start to literally sweat blood through your skin pores. He was under such agony, but he prayed with a loud voice, with tears, with sweating. And after he prayed that prayer, but let your will be done. The Bible says angels came and ministered to him and strengthened him. Glory to God. That's the ministry of angels. Hallelujah. But you see, if you're going to pray well, your prayer must be passed. Now, I'm not saying that you always have to shout at the top of your voice for God to hear you because he's so far away. That's not the point. Because the occasion demands it. The occasion demands that you be passionate in your prayer. You be fervent. It's important. It carries weight when you are fervent in prayer. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Um, number three. 
Number three characteristic of good prayer. Prayer must be persevering. Good prayer is persevering. Good prayer is what? Persevering. Now, it's very easy for you to say a prayer and say, Lord, do what you've done. Do as you will. You are good. You are kind. Amen. That's it. And you just say, ah, nothing has happened. What's happened? Did I, what's happening? Did I pray well? But you see, the good prayer is the kind that is persistent. Good prayer is the kind that's, that stays long, that endures long. Good prayer is the type that does not stop at the slightest sign of, of, of contradiction where it feels like nothing is happening. Good prayer continues nonetheless. And I'm going to give you a good example. Let's go to the book of, open your Bibles with me now. I want to show you something, you know, before I go to this book. We're going to go to 1 Kings, but before we go to chapter 18, I want us to see something in chapter 17. Go there with me quickly. Let's do this. 1 Kings um, chapter 17. Oh, glory to Jesus. Ah, I see many of your prayer lives taking a new turn. I see, I see I see, I see it. I see embers of fire being being groomed on your altar. I see it. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in First Kings seventeen, from verse one, where we start, where we see Elijah um, appear on the scene, the Bible says, "And Elijah the Tish, the Tishbite." That's uh, 1 Kings 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the the inhabitants of Gilead said to to Ahab, and Ahab uh, was the king at the time, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be dew nor rain these years, except at my word. So what you see is a man, a prophet called Elijah, he just comes out into the scene and proclaims before the king. He says, see, as long, as long as the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, see, there will not be dew, there will not be rain for, 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 uh, for these years. And, and you see that it's three and a half years he was talking about. No rain. No rain. Nothing. Your crops will die. There'll be drought in all of the land. No rain. And now when you see him, you'll be like, ah, this man is powerful. He just had to speak the word. Like Jesus said, stay to this mountain and be moved. And you'll be like, ah, where did he? That means, you know, positive confession is what it is. You say what you want. You have a positive mentality. You just make things, you know, speak things into existence. Relax. <laughs> Relax. 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 You know? It's very easy. A lot of people just make those conclusions that, oh, I don't even need to pray too much. My words are important. Just say to this mountain, boom, and it's going to happen. But let me show you something. Go to First Kings chapter 18, the next chapter. The next chapter right after this one. First Kings chapter 18 from verse 41. From verse 41 to 42. Are we there? From verse 41 to 42. So now the time of the three and a half years was already coming to an end at this time. So Elijah had to make it come back. Right. 
had to make the rain come back. And see, Bible says in verse 41, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. You know, that means celebrate, stop fasting, eat and drink, celebrate. For there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah, what did he do? He went up to the top of Carmel, that's a mountain. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. That's a posture. That's a posture that is difficult. How many of you have tried that before? To put, to bow your face in such a way that it's between your knees. Oh, that's, that's serious. <laughs> that's serious. You know. And guess what he was doing? He was praying. He was praying that the, the rain will return. How do we know he was praying? From James 5 that we read. James 5 from verse 16 to 17. It says, Elijah was human just as we were. And he yet he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall. But when you saw in 1 Kings 17, it didn't look like he prayed earnestly. He just spoke. It's because behind the scenes, before you step out in faith to speak, you must have prayed. You must have stirred up that power in the place of prayer. And when you come out, oh, you best believe that things will change. Things will answer to you. But you need to pay the price behind the scenes. James said he prayed earnestly. That it will not rain. He prayed about it before he went out to do positive confessions as people would say. And he says... None fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent out rain. So that's what we are seeing here. He went to the Mount Carmel, put his head between his knees and prayed again. But look at this. That, that, that shows a, a, a place of passion. But I want to show you the place of perseverance now. We're going to read further to verse, 30, to verse 43. Pardon me. Of, of 1 Kings 18, verse 43 now to verse 44. And Elijah, as he was praying, he said to his servants, Go up now and look towards the sea. And that's important. When you pray, have an expectation. Look out for changes in what you've prayed about. Look out for the manifestation of answered prayers. So he tells the servant, Look around, check. Go up now, look towards the sea. You know, and the servant went up and looked and said, Oh, there is nothing. I'm not, I'm not seeing any sign, no cloud, nothing. What did Elijah say to him? Go again, seven times. I feel that's, it. that's the reason why Elisha, in many things he did, he would say seven times. When he told Naaman to dip into the river Jordan, he said dip seven times. That's just, that's just my own perspective. But he told him, go again seven times. He was not, he was not defeated. Oh, just because you're not seeing any cloud now doesn't mean that my prayer wasn't answered. Ah, go again seven times. And look at what happened. And it came to pass that at the seventh time, verse 44, at the seventh time that he said, behold, oh, the seventh saw, he said, behold, there ariseth a little cloud. It wasn't such a big cloud. It was a little cloud. That was all he needed. A little cloud out of the sea like a man's hand. And Elijah said, go up, say unto Ahab, prepare thy chariot. And get it down so that the rain will not stop you. Look at that. The rain hadn't started. But he said, go and tell Ahab to get his horses ready so that the rain won't stop him from where he's going. Ah, come on, guys. That is perseverance in the place of prayer. He was praying. He looked out. Nothing happened. Ah, you know what? We're going to try seven times. You will go and check and give me the report. 
You know, so the servants will go check. Ah, nothing. You come back. Elijah, there's nothing. Oh, oh yeah. I'm praying. I'm still praying. Now go again. He went. By the time he went on the seventh time, there was a little cloud. Ah, if you're going to pray good this year, you must learn to persevere in prayer. And people ask me, I prayed for that person and I'm not sure if the person got well. The question is, did you persevere? Did you pray again? Did you look to see if the clouds, ah, you're all glory to God. Did you check to see if the clouds were forming? In this case, did you check to see if his bones were healing? Did you check to see if the fever was leaving? Did you pray again? Or did you just stop at the first time? Come on, if you're going to pray good, you're going to pray long. You're going to endure in prayer. You're going to persevere in the place of prayer. Glory to Jesus. And my last point, because of time. Um, the last uh, characteristic I would say of good prayer is good prayer is consistent. Consistency is quite different from perseverance. Consistent. What this means is you're going to build such a vibrant culture of prayer. And I always say this, that as a believer, because now you carry the Holy Spirit, you're not... You're not looking at, at this side of the world or looking to Jerusalem for the temple. You are now the temple of God. And what this means is you are a house of prayer now. You are that temple. People went to the temple or prayed towards the temple, you know, to, to have their prayers, to observe their prayers. But now, because you carry God's spirit within you, you can pray anytime, anywhere. On the, on the, on the toilet seats, you can pray. You can pray in the hospital, you can pray in a studio, you can pray anywhere. And so that means your whole life ought to be a prayer session. You know, it's very easy to say, ah, come, let's go together. We need to have a prayer session for 30 minutes. No, 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 no. If you're going to walk effectively in the supernatural this year, every moment must count. Every moment must count for prayer. You need to be in constant communication with the one who saved you. I'll give you a very practical way to do this. It's very simple. You might be doing your house chores. Your parent, you wake up in the morning, they tell you, wash the place, sweep the floor. As you're doing that, in those moments, you're communicating with God. Under your breath, or as loud as possible, if you're not going to disturb anyone, you start to pray in spirit. Oh, brato shokota, you're washing the plate. Thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Lord, this is what I want to do today. I want to go about this. You're talking to him. You're creating rapport and relationship. Oh, and you're praying. By the time you're done washing, you go have your bath. You come out. As you're having your bath, you're singing songs to the Lord, glorifying him. You come out. You're about to do some work, some personal work, and you're praying. You come to a, a crossroad in your work and like lord what do i do here that's a culture of prayer it's consistent that's what good prayer looks like your whole life is a prayer session it ought to be it ought to be you're not just having different pockets of prayer in your day how is it in between those times are you still communicating it's important it's important Praise the name of Jesus. So I'm just going to use our Lord Jesus Christ as the perfect example for consistency in prayer. I'm just going to show you different places where it was mentioned he was praying. Luke, Luke chapter 3 from verse 21. It says, Now 
when all the people were baptized, Jesus was also baptized, and while he was praying, heaven was opened. Matthew fourteen twenty three. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Well, he he sent the crowds away to have personal time. He went up to the mountain to pray by himself, and when it was evening, he was there alone. Mark six forty three. Sorry, Mark six forty six. Pardon me. Mark six forty six. After after bidding them farewell, that's the crowd. He left for the mountain to pray. Luke six twelve. It was at this time he went up to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night. Listen to that. He spent the whole night in prayer to God. That's an example of what a vigil looks like. He spent the whole night in prayer to God. Luke six twelve. That's it. Mark one thirty thirty five. In the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. This year it's like maybe three a.m. four a.m. Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke chapter five from verse sixteen. But Jesus himself would often look at that. But Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray that was his lifestyle Luke 9 18 and it happened that while he was praying alone the disciples were with him and questioned him saying who do the people say that I am and he questioned them who do people say I am he was praying alone and the disciples met him Matthew 26 36 then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane and said to the disciples sit here while I go over there and pray that's what I talked to you about recently um matthew 26 42 after that time he prayed the bible says he went again a second time and prayed you know um he did that again uh, for a third time in in verse 44 of matthew 26 then uh we see uh, in mark 14 let me see pardon me give me one moment Luke 11 verse 1, it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. So they saw him praying, they observed that the way he prayed was different and they asked him to teach them, right? Many, many, many other other places where Jesus would, do you see that it's it's so much and there's so many examples I can give from from uh, John 16, 26, uh, Everywhere littered, you will see that Jesus would leave to pray because it was consistent. He would pray in the mornings, he would spend long nights in the afternoon, he would, he would stay away from the crowds to pray. That's the culture God wants you to build, a life of prayer where it doesn't stop. You're not just waiting till it's time for all oh, ignite prayer meeting. No, you are building that consistency in your day. No moment. I mean, they asked um, a, a theologian a question. He said, how often... Do you pray in the day? And he says, oh, I don't think of how often I pray. What I think about is when am I not praying? He said those are the times. Like he, he knows the times where he's not praying. It's not like... So it's the other way around for him is what he's trying to say. And it should be a format we adopt where we are always in constant, consistent communication with the Father. So let your whole life be a prayer session. See, be a prayerful... <laughs> Be a prayerful, I know what I said, be a prayerful where your default setting is to take things to the Lord in prayer in every situation. Let it be your default setting. Pray. Oh, you heard that your dad is about to lose his job. You start to pray. Oh, Lord. No, no, no. It's different. There is favor for him. There is sustenance. Lord, in the name of Jesus. May, you know, you start to pray. That's your response. It's not prayer. 
you know, he needs to do this. But pray. Take it to the Lord in prayer. You can't go wrong when you pray. Because now that we've learned that there are different kinds of outcomes when we pray, you can get grace to endure something. You can get peace of mind. You can get wisdom. You can get instructions. You can never go wrong. So even if your prayer at that time, instead of taking action, is wrong, you'll get instructions that will tell you, no, 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 don't pray now. Go and take this action. Do you see? So prayer must be your default setting. Even when it's not popular or convenient to pray, pray, pray. The Bible says, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verse 17 to 18. Oh, glory to God. Pray without ceasing, he says. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. If you're going to see a growth in your charismatic ministry, if you want to see an increase in the manifestation of God's power in your life, if you want to see an outpouring of the supernatural every day in your life, you must be committed to the discipline of prayer. It's a discipline. It won't always be convenient. Don't get it twisted. It's not always all the time that you might feel, ah, this is so enjoyable. It might not be. But what you will do is you'll get yourself up. You'll make the sacrifice that it takes. You'll muster a passion from within and fervency. And you you start to pray. You start to pray. You'll pray even when you don't feel like it. By the time you pray, when it's time for you to manifest the power of God. Oh, you have built the confidence already. You've stirred up the power already. All that's left is for you to take action. To speak the word only. To lay hands on the sick. To walk and let your shadow do the job. Glory to God. You start to see manifest manifestations of the Holy Spirit's power. That's it. So right now I want you to join me. I want you to join me, knowing that your prayers are effective, knowing that they don't fall on deaf ears, knowing that as you pray, power is being scared from within. It's erupting, it's erupting, about to outpour, about to erupt and, and find expression. So I want you to pray now, in the name of Jesus, there is growth for me in my prayer life. Lord, I begin to grow in my prayer life much more. There is grace to be consistent in devotion, in the name of Jesus. Lord, I receive your grace to be consistent in prayer, in devotion. My fire burns on the altar of prayer oh the altar of prayer burns even more in my life oh there is just so much passion so much fervency in the name of jesus come on begin to pray Oh Lord, I am not lazy about prayer. I'm not apathetic about prayer. I'm not indifferent. No, I see its need. I see its essence. And so in the name of Jesus, my devotion gets some consistency. My prayers take new shape. Oh, my prayer life takes a new shape in the name of Jesus. Come on, pray like you mean it. Pray like you mean it. Pray like you mean it. Brato sokotana mada katia vanada bro sokote. Jete ketia banarus botoko to nadia bakatana. Jete ketene de benedebe kasia. Brokoto sokotona manadia bakate. Brete kete. Brokoto savusha. My prayer life will not suffer. Oh, I am disciplined and I am dedicated. My profiting will appear to all. I am disciplined and dedicated in the place of prayer. My profiting will appear to all. It will be obvious. 
obvious. Because the truth is prayer is discernible. Prayer is discernible. I can know if you pray. Oh, in the name of Jesus, my prayer life takes a new turn. Oh, my prayer life goes up a new level. I am more consistent. I am disciplined. I am dedicated. I pray ever more. Ever more consistently. Oh, I pray with all perseverance. I pray with all passion. I pray with all effectiveness. With all effectiveness in the name of Jesus. I pray earnestly. My fire keeps burning. It will not be quenched. No distraction will quench this fire. No occupation will douse this fire. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray longer. In the name of Jesus, I pray more effectively. In the name of Jesus, I pray more passionately. This year is my year for a change in my prayer life. There is grace to pray more. Grace, oh Lord, come on, pray like you mean it. Pray like you mean it. Are you praying? This is how it starts. This is how it starts. Glory to God. There is growth in your prayer walk. There is growth in your prayer culture. Stability in your prayer culture. In the name of Jesus. And as a result of your prayers, things are changing. Situations change. Things turn around. In the name of Jesus. Ah, yatako de banados. This year I'm prayerful and a prayerful. In the name of Jesus, my default setting is to take things to the Lord in prayer. Even when it's not popular, even if I'm laughed at, I pray even more. I pray even longer. Don't get tired now. Use a few seconds you have and pray, pray, pray. Brotto sokotona da kiatede, bratutu mana barana akteke visto kuta arabanati, jototo kuvarabana akteke veneti kasi. Glory to God, glory to God. Brarakata tase, barakata tase, jotokoto monoborukutunama, jeteketene medebakiata. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Now we're going to the second prayer. And we're going to pray that Lord. Now is the time. This year to step out in faith even more. After I've settled things in the place of prayer. Lord I step out with boldness. The kind that even I can explain. The type that passes understanding. Boldness to step out in faith. This year there is no sick person that I come across that I won't be able to heal. I will give precise words of knowledge and wisdom. I prophesy. I work miracles frequently. Oh Lord, I stop just trying to play it out in my head. But once the need arises, I meet it immediately. My faith is unfailing. It stays strong. Come on, begin to pray this. I step out in faith more this year. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible for me. With you, with your power available, all things are possible. All things are possible for me. 
Brakoto seketenemendo soru imbatata teketemenere bakurotus. I step out in faith more. I step out in faith more. This is that year. This is that time I walk in the supernatural. I've settled things in the place of prayer. I settle things in the place of prayer even more. And by the time I'm done and I step out and say, Oh God, it's only testimonies. We hear testimonies, miracles, supernatural happenings. Oh, that's my life. This year, that's my walk. This year, that's my talk. I step out in faith. I step out in faith. Nothing wavering. Nothing wavering. Full confidence in your ability within. Full confidence to be able to deliver exceeding abundantly above in measures of the supernatural. I do that, Lord, effortlessly. In the name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, I walk in the full bouquet of the gifts of the Spirit. I walk in the full bouquet of the, the gifts of the Spirit this year. Oh, there is a raw manifestation of power. Because, Lord, I, I am ready. I step out this year more. I come out of my comfort zone more. I break out of my shell even more than ever before. Shy? Shy? That's not me. I am bold in the Lord. I am confident in the Lord. I am not shy. I am not a coward. I am not timid. In the name of Jesus, I am bold in the Lord. I am confident in the Lord. I am strong in the Lord. In the name of Jesus, nothing is impossible for me. Nothing is impossible for me. I will say to this mountains, be moved and they are moved. I move mountains. Glory to God. Glory to Jesus. Oh, I move mountains. Are you excited? Are you expectant? I move mountains this year. Lord, nothing is impossible for me with you all things are possible but I step out but I step out I step out Jotokotia Breketanamana Boro Kotuna Matakate Bratitititia Yata Toso Brokoto Bonokoro Kotasiava Bratata Saka Dieme Erutusu Jataka Tanamara Katebe Thank you Jesus Yes, this is my year. I walk in the supernatural effortlessly. I walk in the supernatural effortlessly. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Because of me this year, people will bless the name of the Lord. People will glorify the Father because of me. Because I walked into a room and the power was manifest, people will give thanks to God. Because I laid hand on the sick, people will know that God truly lives in me. Hallelujah. I am a testimony of the risen Christ. I am a testimony of his power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Shout glory! Glory to God! Rejoice where you are because it is so. Rejoice right now because it is so. That's it. That's the response to answered prayers. That's your response to answered prayers. Hallelujah! Rejoice! 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 Hallelujah! Praise the name of the Lord. And so, Father, we are grateful. 
We thank you because <laughs> Oh Bratusumante Kediaba Hmm, this is peculiar. Someone is, is in a very, very tight spot. You're thinking about next steps, next plans. Next plans you're going to take. Um, oh, okay, okay. This is two people. One person, it's, it's in your business. It's in your business. You don't know what next step to take. There's a lot of confusion there. Oh, by the power of God, there is clarity. Get ready to receive instructions from the Lord in prayer of the next steps you're going to take. And one of the steps I see is take a risk. Take a risk trusting God all the way and you will see bountiful results. You will see a flourishing in your business, says the Spirit of the Lord. And for you confused about what next step to take about your career path and your academics, should I go for, I think it's a master's you're thinking of, a postgraduate degree, and and then your career choice the lord also brings peace into your mind first of all peace peace he brings understanding with your parents in the name of jesus that's it brato sokota he brings understanding with them and then he gives direction he gives you direction what step to take which one to, to take first before the other that's it thank you spirit of the living god and so we thank you we thank you because you are so good to us. We love you. That's why we pray to you. That's why we commune with you. And Lord, we thank you because we have this understanding that our prayers are effective. And we have this confidence that whatever we ask in your name, according to your will, you hear and you answer us. And we stand with such confidence that this year our prayer lives take a different turn. And not only that, we stir up power to release results. We stir up power within to, to bring about the manifestation of the supernatural in our everyday lives. And so, Lord, now, here on out, the supernatural is natural for us. The supernatural is the order of the day for us. It is consistent in our lives because of our new, trans, newly transformed prayer lives. Lord, our prayer lives take a different turn this year. We are committed to the discipline of prayer. We are excited about the concept of prayer because we get to talk to the person we love more than anything in this world. That is our life. That is our testimony. And Lord, as a result, we see bountiful testimonies come. As we pray in faith, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. No disease incurable. No situation unchangeable. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' mighty, powerful, matchless name, we have prayed. Amen. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise be to the name of so the Lord. So let's share the benediction together. All right. Let's share the benediction together. One, two, go. We are sons of God, heirs of salvation, born of his spirit. For we have been saved by his death, raised by his life. We live in him, by him, and for him forever. And he lives in us because we have been vivified. Glory to God. We have been vivified. Thank you all so much. I love you with all my heart. Keep praying for each other. Keep praying for me as I, as I will pray for you. Thank you so much. God 
bless you. Hallelujah. I am super confident that this has been a blessing to you. Keep praying with it and let these words drive you to action to live in the fullness of the will of God for your life. Stick around for more. God bless you. I love you.